five. She gets to cover something really entertaining now. She is Alex Winley. Of course, Bleacher Report, the Heron Outlet. Follow her on Twitter like I and many others do who want great insight on Inter-Miami at AAW underscore 1998. Alex, good afternoon. And boy, was that entertaining on Saturday night. Uh, thanks for yeah, thanks for having me on, Orlando. That the game was crazy. I, I don't think anyone expected that result, but you know, Miami are showing that they've they've got something up their sleeve and that offseason um that they had, they've been working hard. So and uh, that's pretty much the fruits of their labor. And, and what I love was the attacking style. Uh it was a, a game that they were aggressive the entire time. They were they pressured Philadelphia many times. Moda hits the post and everything. Um, although let me give you something funny. Okay. And we, you and I have talked about this over the last couple of years. Uh, Pizarro has a terrible habit of holding on to the damn ball too long. Right. And he played a good game. In fact, that, that one where Moda hit the post, that was an assist from, from Pizarro. And it was a beautiful play, but the one that Moda scored on was actually him holding on to the ball too long, trying to weave through multiple people, and it ended up becoming a turnover that led to Moda. The, 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 the ball fell to him, and sure enough, he was able to knock it in. But it's kind of funny that one of his bad habits kind of showed, reared its ugly head for one moment, but it still kind of paid off for Miami. I was laughing my ass off when I saw that. Yeah, actually, I believe that was Coco Jean that scored the goal. I know John Mata did. Sorry, uh, sorry no, yeah. no motor's gone. Yes. Yeah, yes. John Mata did hit the post like later in the game with a really good shot, but it was uh, Quarantine Jean that got that first goal. But yeah, you're right about uh, John Mata. He does have that habit, but uh, for defenders, it makes him kind of un unpredictable because you don't know if he's going to shoot from 30 yards out or, or pass the ball. So they don't know how to defend him, and that opens up space for other guys. But um, yeah, I mean, they're impressive. Pizarro, I, I believe him and um and John Mata and Fondo, they made uh, team of the week. And yeah, yeah they're, just, they're just charging on right now. Yeah, yeah. Pizarro looks good, actually. You know, I mess around and have some fun with him that he held the ball too long in that moment there trying to trying to we it's he gets in trouble when he thinks he can weave between two and three guys that that usually happens. Right. But but he has played well and the team has played well. And Drake Callender, Jesus, Alex, I mean, wow. Uh, they have found themselves a really, I mean, and this all comes from an injury. You know, it, the injury opened the door for him, and that kid has never looked back, and he was outstanding again on Saturday night. Yeah, 100%. Drake is a great guy, great to talk to, very smart with, with soccer. He loves watching the game, and, you know, he's very – you know, tranquilo, and he, he meditates, and he's very grounded, and, and yeah, just a smart guy to have at the back, and, you know, there are, you know, he's he's national team material, honestly, uh, you know, I, I believe from a colleague, he was close to a, a U.S. men's national team call-up in their last camp, but, you know, they decided to go with another guy, so Drake is really on that cusp right there, and, you know, they signed him to a, a contract extension, so he's their goalkeeper for the foreseeable future for Miami, and it's good they locked him down. He's only, what, 24, 25 years old. So, and goalkeepers nowadays, they play till 40. So, Miami may have very well gotten their, their you know, their their franchise goalkeeper for the rest, you know, for the foreseeable future for at least five years. So, great player. Did you see this chemistry this early in the preseason when you were watching them practice? Did you see them play as well as they've played so far in these first couple of weeks? 
Yeah, the vibes were there for sure. I, I think I, I I know I don't want to drag Iguain, but like guys like that, like he Iguain had this aura and this presence, right? And he's that guy that demands attention, right? And so when you take a guy like that out of the team, the team becomes more, you know, not saying that Gonzalo was a, a menace or anything, but it, it, on the field, it be, they become far more together, I would say. So they, they they don't have to defer to him nearly as much as they did last season, like with Pozuelo, Iguain. Teams knew how to game plan against that. You know, if they took out Gonzalo and Alejandro out of the game, they knew Inter Miami couldn't score. But this season, they don't know who to press. They, they don't know if it's Joseph or Stefanelli or even one, Franco Negri, who, who's shown that he's able to get up into the attack and have some shots. Jamata, Gregory, you know, like you know, they don't know who to guard, uh, um, to, to guard, defend anymore. So Miami played much more of, of uh, as like a, a team and, it, you know, it's it's less on individuals now and more of a cohesive unit. So, um, yeah, I think I think you know, watching the game against Philadelphia, you know, it shows that that they're playing as a team. They can play a different style now. You know, um, without Gonzalo, he maybe didn't press as much, but with Joseph Campana back, you know, Jake Lacava, Robbie Robinson, uh, Schneider Borgeland, guys like that, they can they're more mobile and they can play more physical soccer. And, and I think Neville is kind of taking that opportunity and implementing a different style. Yeah, it's uh, it, and to me, when we look at you know Campana, is still what what's going on with Campana because that's kind of been his bugaboo, man. It's been injuries, and here he is again, and and th this is one of their guys that you were counting on to be one of your main goal scorers. What what's the latest with Leo? Yeah, so uh, this uh, this Thursday actually we're speaking with Phil Neville, so we'll get an update on that. But um, last week they did say they're hopeful that it's not as bad as it seems. So hopefully it's, it's not too of a, you know, injury that keeps him out for long. You know, he's a big guy and he, you don't want to rush him back from a muscle injury. So um, uh, this weekend we'll, we'll have a, uh, an update on Leo and, and, and see if he can go against uh, New York city uh, on Saturday. Have you given up on Robbie? No, I, I think he's a player that you need to be cautious with. We know he can score and has that talent. It's just mentality for him and trusting his body again. You know, he came out, he came, you know, injured himself and he, naturally you're going to be scared of re-injuring, uh, you know, that same part and, and your hamstring. So I think with Robbie, it's just, he needs to mentally get back into it and trust his body and trust his ability. But, you know, his ability is still there. And speaking to Neville, you know, Neville is high on him still. They want him to succeed. And uh, obviously, you know, if he doesn't, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, you know, professional sports, obviously they'll move on, but, you know, Robbie's still up there. Neville mentioned him the other day and, you know, Robbie just needs to trust his body and, and his mentality. You know, and we're talking with Alex Winley, of course. You can catch her work, by the way. Follow her on Twitter at AAW underscore 1998. You can catch her work at Bleacher Report and also the Heron Outlet. You should uh, subscribe to the podcast. They do a good job uh, talking into Miami. And, you know, listen, any win is a good win. So you start off the season beating Montreal. That's a good win. And and you 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 follow the league a lot more than I do. You know more about the MLS than I do. I follow heavy Inter Miami, the league. I kind of follow follow it casually, but from what I understood, Montreal wasn't really as good this year, and they lost some firepower. But this week, beating Philadelphia, who has been one of the elite teams of this league the last couple of years, I, I don't. You know, again, I know that this is one of those sports that's really followed by the hardcore soccer fan like you and me, not the general fan, does – I don't think people really understand what a big win that was for Miami against Philadelphia. 
Yeah, absolutely huge. Um, speaking with Jim Curtin after the match, he said, uh, kudos to Miami. They they basically had their lunch for the, the entire game and they pounced very quickly. They're, they were pressing them, not really letting them get into their game plan. And, you know, Miami played well and it was a statement win, you know, defending Eastern Conference champions in Philadelphia. And yeah, they absolutely, I wouldn't say dominate, but they they were the better team most of the game. And you know now the national media and 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 maybe even local media they're starting to take uh you know starting to believe and take part and to and and you know just believe in in this intermining project and 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 them and Phil Neville and the, they're not the on the bandwagon yet, Alex. You don't they're think so? The local media, nah. You, me, Michelle, Franco, but you know the regular media. They're not on it yet. Yeah, the the disappointing thing is that they, you know, they'll they'll give coverage to Inter Miami once, you know, if they if when they sign Messi and Busquets, which is unfortunate because the team's playing well now and they deserve coverage now. And yeah, let's Neville's just see how it goes. Neville yeah. and Henderson. Jesus Christ! I don't think people realize the amount of players that they've brought in, the turn the turnover that Henderson put in, and then I thought what Neville did last year with 19 players and the adjustment as the season went on, they got better and better and better. And then this year, it's only been progress since Neville took over. You yeah, think about okay. it from two years ago, the mess he inherited and then, you know, the whole uh, Iguain thing and how he had to break that down and, and he was able to reach Iguain. So he has shown us that he reaches older players, younger players and his style you know, remember, remember, Alex, he got a lot of shit because, oh, he's a women's coach. Like the game is played any different yeah. with females or males. It's the same goddamn game. But you know it. He got, oh, well, he's never coached men. And it's all this crap. And if you really look at the trajectory from the moment he took over to where he's at now, it's just been like this the entire time. Really, yeah, it's, a, it's a marvelous job. Kudos really? to him. You know, I know he got a lot of flack when he was appointed from from MLS media, and you know, still they're they're giving him flack. But you know, Neville, he's a man manager, and his tactics have improved, and he's shown he's able to get the best out of maybe squads that aren't up to par. And you know, you have to give him kudos for that. And you know, with the way Inter Miami's playing now, they look very good, and and then you know, people have them, you know, going up the power rankings as well. So. Uh, kudos to Neville for and Chris Henderson for just revamping the, the team and and bringing in fresh blood to to get the you know the the team really going now. So you're convinced too that Messi's coming, right? Um, yeah. I on um, there are a bunch of uh, MLS sources are saying it. I know the European media that for some inexplicable reason they refuse to even mention MLS or Inter Miami. I know Mike Ryan Ruiz from the Dan Lebatard show has been on it uh, for the entire time. You know he's stuck with his reporting about, you know, Inter Miami and, and PSG are the two teams, um, uh, you know, basically vying for Messi's uh, signature right now. And um, yeah, I think there is a plausibility. Yeah. And, and it, there's no coincidence that they left the number 10 open. They have a, an open DP spot. Obviously Miami are interested. Phil Neville even said it in an interview a, a couple of uh, days ago, them, uh, Messi and Busquets, they, they are interested in the both of them. So yeah, it remains to be seen if they can get them, but, you know, it, it is a, uh, definitely plausible. Well, see, the, the reason why I think it's going to happen, and Alex, you know about this more than I do, I think it's really odd he doesn't have a contract already. Mm. It, yeah. Uh, to I me, think... it's, it, it's the strangest thing in the world that the best player in the world 
coming off the World Cup that he just put together for Argentina. And you would figure that there's eight clubs lined up to give him money, and they are. And even even that Arab club was, you know, the one that's uh, the rival to Cristiano Ronaldo's team. They offered him a boatload of money, and he and he's not going. To me, I think he's getting that Beckham uh, treatment. He's going to get an expansion team. He's probably some big-time sponsors are stepping up. And then, obviously, the Moss brothers are going to have to give him you know, a nice, a nice little salary. But as you and I know, the expansion teams are worth $500 million. So, so you're going to hand them $500 million and probably at a discount rate, whether it's zero or 20, 50 million, a hundred million dollars, you're going to, you're not going to charge them a lot. Like you did with, I think Beckham paid 25 million for a club that was 125 in those days. Now expansions five hundred million, so you're basically giving him five hundred million. I think that's what's going to end up happening. He plays a couple years, and then he moves up to an ownership group with one of those, you know, five six cities that are next up in in getting expansion over the next few years. I yeah, I one hundred percent agree. Uh, even uh, Commissioner Don Garber even said as much that it's going to take a Beckham like deal to bring him over and the fact that they're even talking about Messi to MLS shows that they're they're they you know, they've been in conversations and you know the league wants this to happen they want a, a big a big big star to to kind of kick off this Apple TV deal to get more subscribers and you know who's bigger than Lionel Messi right now so yeah the league no is obviously going to be on it for Miami um I know a lot of the, the fans of other teams they want it to happen because it's only going to help and grow the league and, you know, obviously on the, on the field standpoint, obviously Messi will help the team if they're looking to push for MLS Cup or, or silver, silverware this season. Um, but, yeah, Messi, it'll, like you were mentioning earlier, and, you know, the Dan Marinos, the Dwayne Wades, the Shaqs, I think, yeah, Messi That's signing cool. it would blow them out of the water. No no disrespect, but it, 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 it would be not huge. close. It's not even close, okay? It won't even be close. South Florida fans – don't understand, you know, the, the, the ones that don't follow, they will not understand the craziness that will take place if that guy comes here. And, and by the way, mark my prediction, they will build uh, temporary stands in each of the corners of that stadium. Guaranteed, the Moss brothers will come up with a couple extra thousand seats. Uh, and as, uh, you know, um, Michelle Kaufman on earth, they're not selling any season tickets for the second half of the season. Yeah. They're locked out. So, you know, they're not stupid. They're set up. I told, I told my buddy a couple of weeks ago, I said, dude, you need to go buy. Cause he's got like lots of money. Yeah. He's not like, he's not like you and me. They're working stiffs, but he's got lots of money. And I said, brother, you waste money on all kinds of stuff. I'm you. I go buy 10 pairs of tickets for, uh, Inter Miami. He goes, why the hell would I do that? I go, because Messi's coming and you're going to be able to sell the second half of the season for 10 times over because there are going to be people all over the world coming here to go see an Inter game because that's, you know how they do it in the NFL, right? That uh, uh, like teams that like uh, teams that go to Vegas to go play the Raiders, mm. you know, if you're the Giants fan or a Dolphins fan or a Packers fan, you'll make it a trip. You'll go to Vegas for a couple days, watch your team. All like that's what's going to happen here in Miami. People yeah, are going to want to come from all over the country, all over the world, to come see the greatest player on the planet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, I, 
I was I was actually talking with Michelle the other day. I, I was I was wondering, you know, Drive Pink Stadium is so open, and you know, sometimes you know the the security is there, but it's a very open property. I, I I'm, you know, how are they gonna, you know, like the players do this, you know, ritual will they walk from the training center to the stadium? I don't know how they're gonna just kind of wrap around that. The amount of people that are gonna flock to to Fort Lauderdale or, and even Mel Reese, uh, a quick aside here, Mel Reese, um, that golf course, it's going to be uh, closed on the 19th of March. So uh, hopefully after that, they'll start construction on Miami Freedom Park, but you know, yeah, it is just going to be mayhem and yeah, just, it'll, I can't even wrap my head around it, but it, it'll be good. Way, for by the way, he built this, the Moss brothers, not he, the Moss brothers built that stadium in eight months. Yeah. If Messi comes, they will speed up Miami Freedom Park. I mean, they're gonna, yeah, they're going to put turbo on it. And the good thing is, you know how it is. Private construction compared to public construction can, you know, happen really, really quickly. If it goes for public, it takes forever, but they'll, yeah. they'll be able to. So you're convinced, too, that it's it's going to happen. I, I, I It's going to be a lot of fun, man. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. Great for the league, though. All right, give us a, a preview, NYCFC. Uh, this week they've played, you know, Miami played their two first games at home. NYCFC played their two first games on the road and they didn't win. They tied one and lost one. So uh, talk to us a little bit about what you know about NYCFC and what issues can they give Miami? Yeah. So for one NYCFC, they're, they're still a good team. They've got a lot of good players. Talos Magno, um, Santi Rodriguez. They've just resigned him to a DP contract. Uh, ex Miami player Matthias uh, Pellegrini is there playing as the number ten. So they still have a lot of lot of good attacking talent. Um, but you know my worry is for Inter Miami is their field. NYCFC they play on the baseball field. It's small. The grass is a little not yeah. The grass is not as good. And you know the the field dimensions are are not. Uh, uh, it's not you know it's not cool to play on. So that's my biggest worry is that Miami won't be able to adapt to that. And and NYCFC they're used to playing on that. So it doesn't really matter for them. So I think that's the biggest concern, Miami adapting to that small field and, and the sight lines and, and, and the grass, and that's the biggest concern. But as far as the play goes, NYCFC, they haven't been playing well. They don't have a, a, an out-and-out out number nine to, to to focus on. So they've been playing uh, Talos Magno, a winger, as the central central striker, and that hasn't been working out for them. And they they lost one, and they, they drew another game. So obviously they're going to come back home looking for a win, and Miami are going to – you know, try to get their third straight win and then keep the clean sheet. And, you know, uh, NYCFC, they're not in a good spot right now. So Miami have a really good opportunity to get that. And and then their next game is on the road at Toronto. So uh, I know they're going to uh, be a, a, difficult ga- a difficult game as well. So NYCFC still dangerous. Their field will be difficult to play on. But, you know, Miami have been playing very well and, and Neville has them believing. So um, I'm hopeful that they'll be able to get some result up there. Talk to me about the defense. We know Callender has played as exceptional, but uh, the combination in front of him has actually also been pretty damn good. Yep, uh, Sergey Kristoff, Christopher McVeigh, Franco Negri, DeAndre Yedlin—they're you know those four are locked in, and they've been playing you know phenomenally. It, it's it's night and day compared to last season. And I know uh, when Damian Lowe was traded, the everyone was fouls are are gone, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous fouls that we had to deal with for for a couple of years. Like it almost like they they you were almost selling me the bullshit. Like, well, you know, you got to play physical, and fouls are going to be a part of it. And then I'm watching these guys, and they're not committing a whole bunch of dumb fouls. Yeah, and that, yeah, that's that's what happens when you 
you get a Champions League experienced uh, a center back who has that calmness and composure. Like, you know, Sergey Kristoff, you know, he's he's talked about his partnership with McVeigh and how, you know, they're they're both from Europe, so they understand that style and, and how to just calm everything down and and just keep that clean sheet. And they're 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 just you know great partners and they're they're calm passing out of the back. And and, and I was mentioning the Damian Lowe trade and um, you know, Damian Lowe was really beloved and he loved being here, but you know, and he's a great defender and a great player, but um, you know, sometimes his play style maybe didn't fit with what Miami wanted to do this year, which is play out the back, be calm, you know, have that composure. Damian Lowe is a great defender and he fits what what Philly is doing much more than what Inter Miami is doing. So um yeah, it was a necessary trade. And now you see with uh, Sergey coming in and even Schneider Borgelin. I mentioned Borgelin because in that Damian Lowe trade, uh, Miami received the homegrown rights to Borgelin. And, you know, it came full circle when Borgelin scored that that second goal against Montreal. And yeah, it's just Chris Anderson being smart and knowing his contacts around MLS and and the cap room situation with Miami right now. And and by the way, next year, and by the way, the Argentine dudes from a couple of years ago were driving my ass crazy too back. Oh there. yeah, Carranza or, or Pellegrini or Figal, I believe, and, and LGP. Oh. oh, LGP and Figal. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Those two driving my ass crazy, man. They yeah, would put they, them, they would put the team at risk because they would pick up fouls early. And then that would take away from their aggressiveness. Or sometimes they would make the mistake and then pick up the red card. And then now you're down a man. And oh man, I, I just, I, I, it's just, it's such a smarter, cleaner, more entertaining team. You know, it's just, it's really, I, I mean, I, I, when I turned off that game on Saturday, I, I just had a big old smile on my face because it was just fun to watch. Yeah, you know? it was fun. And Miami, they, they haven't played fun soccer and, in no. their history, so it's a it's a welcome change for sure. Yeah, big time. I haven't seen this kind of soccer since Ray Hudson and the Fusion. Practically, yeah. when you were a baby. Yeah, or, literally. Or, uh, how old? How old are you? Uh, twenty four. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were an infant actually while it yeah. was going on, but that was entertaining. That was the last time. Right there. And mm -hmm. on Saturday, I, I just had a big old smile. I know Ray Hudson probably had a, a big old smile on his face being able to watch that. So it's good stuff. Alex, uh, what are you working on over at the Heron Outlet and Bleacher Report covering Inter-Miami? Yeah, so we've got a big week coming up. Um, we're, we have our, our Know Your Opponent uh, series coming out, too, uh, with a NYCFC journalist. So be on the lookout for that. Thursdays, we do our Inter-Miami News and Notes where we get you prepped for the, the weekend game. And um, yeah, a couple of uh, you know things going on in the background that we'll we'll, we'll be uh, premiering this week too. So uh, stay tuned. There you go, good stuff, Alex. As always, thank you for taking some time and uh, giving us some great insight. Really appreciate it as always. Thanks for having me on, Orlando. It's always my pleasure, Alex Winley. Great stuff. Follow her if you're an Inter Miami fan. Great insight. She's always at the games, uh, breaking it down. She just does a really really good job. And follow her on Twitter at AAW underscore 1998. Excellent follow Alex Winley there. I like it.